0: Why don't you open up your Bibles to uh, to Acts chapter nine? We're going to dive right into it. Uh, the title that, uh, or the title of the series that we are in the middle of, is God Chasers, and uh, the title of today's message is the Sight of Light, and uh, we're going to unpack that in just a moment. But uh, I'd like to just give a, a personal uh, reference uh, as way of introduction. Just for a moment, this past week was our kids' spring break. And so uh, my family and I, we went out of town and uh, we were at this hotel that we studied the pictures of the hotel before we uh, gave our deposit and before we arrived. And we were real excited uh, because we're, we were bringing our three kids. And this place was promoting itself as a real family friendly place. What that means is it's going to be a jungle. Uh, there were, like, kids everywhere. But anyway, the, 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 the pictures on the website had these beautiful water slides. I mean, the big cone, and one was red, one was yellow. And uh, we were all excited, and we get there. You know where this is going. We get there, and the slide was, like, from here to there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? We just got hoodwinked. Have you ever been hoodwinked? It's a miserable feeling getting hoodwinked. You hoodwinked me. You showed me pictures of slides you don't have. No, we're already there now. There's no reason to moan and complain and fight about things. And uh, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at these slides, and I'm embarrassed. We took it. You know, it's hundreds of miles away, and. Uh, and I know what they did they must have taken their camera and like zoomed right up on the slide made it look 50 feet long and it was literally like I mean it's like seven feet it was like the the slides uh, at their school blow these slides away (laughs) we would have been better off taking them to the playground at their school and we were just my wife and I were looking at each other like Oh, jeez. Now, the kids never saw the pictures on the Internet, so they didn't know any better. They were just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. I could tell they were trying to make me feel good, you know. Thanks, Daddy. And, and so uh, we were there the entire week. And um, by the time the second, uh, by, actually, by the time our third day rolled around, um, I got lost uh... at the hotel I can get lost in this building okay uh... but uh... i got lost i got turned around and when i got lost i I went around this corner thinking that it was the lobby and it wasn't the lobby and and i looked and i found the slides that were on the internet they're like these big huge slides and i was like I was so happy i was so happy and I uh, went back and told the kids. I was like, do you guys like these slides? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, watch
1: this.
0: <laughs> we went around the corner and we saw these slides. I'm like, see? Look at these slides. And they were so excited. And, and, and some of you guys have heard me speak so many times. You're already ahead of me. I just want to say, if you are not impressed with church, with God, with Jesus, it's only because... You haven't seen and experienced what else he has. That's all it is. Now, I want to do my best, and feel free to start clapping anytime you want to. And you can say "Oh my," "Oh me," or "Uh oh," or "He's talking to you," or or you say whatever you want, because I like it when you talk back to me. But um, uh, if we're completely honest, many of us in this room would say. Uh, I've gone to hundreds of church services. Hundreds. How many of you have gone to hundreds? Come on, hundreds. Hundreds. How many of you gone to thousands? How many of you, this is an honest question, how many of you went to church before you were born? (laughs) That's kind of a crazy thing. Come on, put your hands up. Everybody look around. Isn't that crazy? We were in church before we were born. Was Trace in church before he was born? I bet he was. Bringing him to church in the belly, hearing amazing grace, in the belly. (laughs) We've been to church so many times. You guys know when I'm closing. You guys know when I say I'm about to wrap up. I'm not wrapping up. (laughs) You guys know I'm about to close. That doesn't mean anything. You guys know when offering is coming. You know when announcements are coming. You know, you know everything. And every church does certain things a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you have seen it all and you have the t-shirt. And if you're completely honest, it's not if you miss church, if you go a month without church. It wasn't so amazing for many of us not all of us, but for many of us, that uh, you're desperately missing it. And the reason why is the relationship with the God Almighty really hasn't been everything that you had hoped it would be. And so you find other things to be enamored with. Uh, I I read about this little boy, he was three or four years old, and he kept falling out of his bed at night. He had just gotten out of his crib, I know. He was in his crib a long time, but I'm I'm just telling you the story. He he kept falling out of his bed, he kept falling out of his bed, and he went to his mommy and he said, Mommy, I need a new bed. My bed is broke. He said, Honey, your bed's not broke. Come on, Tell, tell mommy what's wrong. Because every time I go to sleep in it, I fall out. And the mommy said something so wise. She said, honey, your bed's not broke. You're just not far enough in. I want to tell you that God is more amazing than what you realize. Some of us just aren't far enough in. Uh, It's very difficult to have fun when you do something halfway. Uh, Have you ever tried to uh, have fun but only give half of it? Have you ever met somebody that's halfway in a marriage? Can you remember being in high school or in college, some of you that are already out, kind of halfway doing it? It's very difficult to get fulfillment out of something when you're halfway doing it. The heartbeat behind this message is to say, I believe, I believe that there is a remnant of people that is almost nauseous of church, borderline nauseous, because it's stale and mundane but there's something on the inside of you, even if it's just an ember, there's something on the inside of you that keeps on compelling you, keeps on drawing you, keeps on pulling at you, keeps on, it just won't leave you alone because you have this hope, this hope, this expectation that just maybe, just maybe, Your relationship with God can be unbelievable. Just maybe. So you keep showing up, and you keep showing up, and you keep showing up. And I want to say this. If you're going to write anything down today, you and I have as much of God as we want to have. That's the absolute truth. If you and I are in the state of Texas, and, and I say that because I just thought of my cousin Ben's from Vancouver, he's only in for a month. But if you spend summertime in the state of Texas and you're in the middle of June, so you already know where I'm at, it's blazing hot, and you're standing in a swimming pool that goes from, sh- from um, shallow to progressively deep, and you're standing in it and it's ankle deep, and you're complaining, I'm hot, I'm sweating. I want to be in the water. I want to cool off. And you're standing ankle deep. The only thing you need is one friend without a filter on their mouth. Does anybody have a friend? Are you sitting next to that friend? Don't raise your hand. One friend without a filter on their mouth to say, hey, if you're hot and you want to cool off, Stop standing in the ankle deep and get your lazy tail in the deep end and you won't complain anymore. I'm going to be that pastor without a filter just for a second. Is that okay? Is that all right? If there's a part of you that's a little bit disappointed with how much God has revealed himself to you about. There's there's a part of you that's disappointed. Where you're like, hey, I want to say this. Chase them. Chase harder. The Bible says that he loves those who love him and he rewards those who diligently seek him. So I want to say, if you're disappointed, good. Because disappointment can cause you to do one or two things. It can cause you to quit and relax, or it can cause you to get hungry and pursue. And I believe that there are God chasers, that you have gone through seasons of quitting and relaxing. And your soul is just not content with that. It won't leave you alone. It keeps pulling at your heart, pulling at your spirit, pulling in you're saying, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Has, has God ever bugged anybody here? Bugged you? Some of you are like, I'm not really too sure what God sounds like. He just keeps coming to your mind. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> It just keeps coming to your mind, coming to your mind. Your desires keep building and building. That's God pulling at you. The Bible says that no man comes to the Father unless drawn by the Son. When you're drawn, when you're compelled, that's the Lord pulling at you. See, some of you, God won't leave you alone. Are you with me? You you can't even be bad good. I remember when I was a senior in high school, my friends could be real bad, and I would try to be bad with them, but I couldn't, I couldn't be bad as good as them. Are are you with me? I couldn't because something had a hold of me. See, something's got a hold. You keep showing up. You could treat Sundays like Saturdays if you want to. Yeah, that was out loud. (laughs) What are you doing here? I'll tell you what you're doing here. Your soul and your heart is a God chasing. Now, some of you say, nope, that's not true. This person next to me dragged me here. That's what I'm doing here. (laughs) And I would say this. If you're saying, I'm not a God chaser. I got dragged here. Guess what? That means God's chasing you. God's chasing you. So here we go. Acts chapter 9. We're going to talk about four points. Are you guys ready? Because I'm in the mood this morning. You guys keep talking back to me. It's your own fault. You got me all juiced up. Acts chapter 9 verse 1. We're going to talk about a guy named Saul. I'm going to read this one off the screen because I like the way the King James says it even though I get tongue tied sometimes. It says like this. It reads like this. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now this is going to end up being my first point, so read this carefully. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. Neither did he eat nor drink. Here we have a a man named Saul persecuting Christians, trying to kill Christians in the previous chapter. He was a major influence in the killing of a man named Stephen. All of a sudden, just like that, God intervenes into his life and shakes his world, shakes his world. I'm going to give you guys four quick points today. And the very first point that I'd like to unpack is that word or that phrase, kicking against the pricks. You see, um, I didn't know what that phrase meant a few years ago. I had to look it up to find out. And, And while studying for this message, I wanted to refresh my memory. Uh, Farmers in those days, anytime they had ox or oxen, they would have a stick, and on one end of the stick, it was blunt. On the other side of the stick, it was sharp. And the sharp side was the prick side. And anytime the ox or the oxen wasn't going in the direction that they were supposed to, they would jab at it and poke it. And oftentimes, the ox would try to kick against the prick. They would try to kick against the stick. Now, obviously, when the ox tries to kick against, it's to no avail at all. I mean, they they cannot stop the pricking of a stick. And so they just get frustrated and they get more frustrated. and, And the Lord says to Saul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you fighting me? Why are you fighting me? Now, what I find fascinating is the tenderness that Jesus spoke to him with. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were God and Saul was capturing my children and stoning them and the day came for me to confront Saul, it would be something along these lines. Oh, I know you just didn't. I know you just, let me tell you a little something about you and your mama. And I would just confront him and yell at him and get in his face and say, today's judgment day, pal. But that's not how God deals with people. That's not how he deals with them. And I just want to say, if you have been kicking against the pricks, If you have been doing your best to ignore what is righteous. And I, and I just feel the spirit of God in this point right here. I didn't in the first service, but somebody needs to hear me say it. See, the Bible says this, that in the New Testament, they don't put the laws on stone anymore like they did with the Ten Commandments. The Bible says that he's written it on your heart. So you don't need a preacher or a pastor to come up here and say, you're wrong if you do this, and you're wrong if you do that, and you're wrong if you do this, and you're wrong. Uh, uh, Nobody needs to do that. You know why? Because you already know. You know you can feel it. And so you know you're kicking against the pricks when you know that you're doing opposite of what God is trying to lead you to do and he doesn't look at you and get mad at you he looks at you with compassion and he looks at you and he goes why are you doing this it's almost like you're hurting yourself if you're a husband somebody needs to tell you your family is depending on you not to be perfect but when you die they need to say Person loved God man he's, he messed up a lot but he loved God if you're a wife I'm going to tell you something I'm a part of a family where there's an absence of, of, of like a mother hen and, and um, no great 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 grandma that comes around and makes thanksgivings what they should be I tell you there's something that a, wom- a woman can do that men will never be able to do I've got a spiritual mother in the Lord that didn't birth me. I didn't meet her until I was 19. I just want to say, ladies, we need you. We need you. Families need you. So the first point is the pricks. Let me read uh, the next point in verse 10. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Everybody say, "Ananias." Ananias. Come on, everybody. One, two, three. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street. He knew exactly where Saul was. Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. He knows, look at the person next to you and say, God knows, where you live. God knows where you live. Tell him, God knows your address. address. He knows exactly where you live. He knows exactly. Saul wasn't even at his own house. He was at his friend's house. His friend was named Judas. And he's saying, hey, go to Straight Street. Saul is in Judas's house. <laughs> That's awesome. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus. God knows where you live. God knows where you hang out. He even knows where you just came from. Man. Named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias. I've told him about you. Coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Let me say this real quick. The reason why I'm so passionate about this, God Chasers, is I read passion, uh, passages like this and I go, no fair. <laughs> Do you ever? Uh, no fair. Here I am, I'm praying going, God, is that you or is that me? Is that the devil? What, is that you? Is that me? Is that the devil? And these guys are having full conversations with them. Hey, God, how are you? Hey, "Hey, I told Ananias you're coming. Oh, thanks for giving him a heads up. I appreciate that. I don't want to surprise anybody. Thanks for... Thanks for giving them a heads up. There's nothing more awkward than ringing a doorbell and they don't know you're coming, so thanks. (laughs) Do you read the Bible and go, that's not fair? All I want to know is whether or not I should take job A or job B. Should I marry her or not marry her? And you are quiet. (laughs) Can I just say that's why I'm talking about being a God chaser? That's why I'm talking about it, because there's got to be somebody. And and I know you guys are with me, otherwise you wouldn't have picked this church. There's 51 churches in the woodlands. On the corner of every single street here, there's either a church or a bank. The reason why you picked this one is you and I are cut from the same cloth. That's why. That's why. You're, you're a God chaser, and you read stuff like this, and you go, uh-uh, no, 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 no. If you're going to talk to them with such clarity, I want the same thing. A God chaser says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue you and chase you. And if you don't talk to me this way, I am going to nag you. Does anyone have a nag in their life? They just won't shut up? <laughs> Don't point. <laughs> I am going to nag you until I get to heaven. I am going to chase you and chase you and pursue you. And the Bible says this, I am a rewarder of those who pursue me. This is, this is what a God chaser reads something like this and says, look, that's what I want. That's what I want. And so the second point is prayer. God hears every single prayer you pray. He hears every single one. He's heard, he heard the first one. Can I say this? He hears the prayers that some of you have said in your heart while I've been speaking in the last 10 minutes. He hears every single one. And he doesn't look at you and go, well, it's nice to hear from you. Haven't heard. No, 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 no. He has the most compassionate heart that you and I will ever, ever, ever experience. It's prayer. So the first thing that I want to point out out of this passage is the Lord is compassionate. He says, stop kicking against the prick. Stop fighting against me. The second thing is prayer. He hears every single word and it pulls his heart. There's certain things that God ignores, do you know that? He ignores prideful, arrogant, pompous people. He says it. He says this, he goes, these six things I hate and these seven things I despise. And if you read that list, it's people, uh, almost half of the list has to do with things that people say. A haughty look, it's not what people say. A lying tongue. A person who causes dissension with people in the church. A haughty look, a proud look. He ignores those people. But you know who demands his attention and he can't help it? Is a person like Saul that can't see anything it doesn't know which way to go he doesn't know if he goes this way if he goes that way if if for somebody in this room if you're in a season in your life where you you would do listen to this this is for somebody in this room you would do what god is asking you to do if you only knew what it was but the problem is is that you're just a little bit in the dark somebody left you that promise that they were going to stay with you and they left Now you're in the dark. You gave a job 100% of your commitment, but the employer didn't give that level of commitment back. And now you're in the dark. I just want you to know, for every person here that's in the dark, God opposes the proud. But those prayers demand His attention. And in the book of Revelations, he says that he takes the prayers and he puts them in a bowl and it's like sweet aroma. Every prayer you've prayed in the dark, every prayer you've prayed in the car, you turn off the radio, every prayer you prayed when you were seven or eight years old, the prayers that you've prayed this morning in your head and in your heart, he takes them off your lips, he puts them in a bowl and it's like sweet aroma to him. He loves those prayers. Now, Saul, he he doesn't know what we know. This is 2,000 years later. We're reading the story. He doesn't know that all of this, God is just totally involved. I just want to let you know, you may be blind in your situation, but God is involved. Now, the Bible says this, very, something very interesting about him losing his eyesight. In point number three, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales. Everybody say Scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized. Something like scales when I, I'm a visual anyone here that's visual? You're, you're just visual when I think scales I think like a bass <laughs> like a bass has, like a large mouth bass has scales all over I'm going to think of something like those scales just fell off his eyes uh, you know um, uh, one of my favorite things to do Favorite, favorite things. I only get to do it like three times a year because I live in Houston. See, when the weather is perfect, see, three times a year. (laughs) When the weather is perfect, I mean, it's cool, and you're thinking, so this is what it must be like to live in San Diego. When the weather is cool, but it's sunny yet cool. You know those three times a year? There's not a cloud in the sky. It's kind of hot, but not really. Those days, I love. Sit in my car. Roll the windows down. And turn my air conditioning on full blast. Ah, <laughs> uh, If you've never done that, you've got to do it. Because if you roll your windows down, it's just hot enough to where it kinda ruins you get sticky, right? In Houston you get sticky. You, you leave your house walk to your car you need to go back in your house and take a shower like it's like sticky so it's it's, it's a little too hot because you get sticky so you turn on the air conditioning and I remember distinctly this one day I went up to that gas station It's at the top of research force in 2978 and uh, there's this gas station there I, I drove my car in there and uh, I put my the, the thing jig whatever it is squeezed it locked it now it's filling the car up I go into the gas station, and I need some cash. So I pull up my ATM card, I stick it in, and the screen is like black. And I see like just this hazy green, barely green letters. And it says, You know, do are you comfortable with paying two dollars and fifty cents because you're not part of this bank? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Take my two fifty, you stinking ripoffs. Everybody's got their hand out, and so I'm punching the button, and 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 I'm I'm trying to like, you want quick pay? Do you want a receipt? Do you, you just give me some money, right? And so I'm pressing the thing. I don't want a receipt. I don't care what my balance is. Just give me. And I'm pressing the wrong buttons. I'm trying to press yes, but it's actually no and I'm trying to play no but I can't read the stupid words and so now I'm mad at the guy behind the counter (laughs) because I'm thinking look man I'm paying like $249 or whatever it is $295 for a gallon of gas the least you could do is have the lights on on the screen I mean, it's $4 for a a, a beef jerky. Surely, you can turn the lights on the screen. And so I'm, I'm hitting, and so I'm mad at the bank, and I'm mad at the guy, and I'm mad at everything. I don't even want my windows down anymore. It's messing up my whole vibe. Mad punching, 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 cancel. Please put your code back in. And I'm the schmagool that has like seven different codes for seven different things. And I can't remember what the dumb code is for my ATM because some of you are real smart and you got the same code for everything. Not me. I got like seven different ones. And so I can't remember is it 014904? Is it 3372? What do you want? 1111000? I can't remember what it is. And then it dawns on me, I can't read the screen, the screen is too dark, because I got my stupid glasses on. (laughs) I take my glasses off, and I looked at the guy, and I was like, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) He has no idea what I'm talking about. He's like, whatever, you knucklehead. But I'm saying sorry because I just talked about him and his mom and his grandmother and everybody you'll ever know in my head. And and some of you guys are way ahead of me. Our frustration is not with the people in our life. It's not because we got up on the other side of the bed. We've got scales on our eyes. And I just need to say this, I don't have time for it, but I need to say this. For those of you that are married, your wife can do everything that you want her to do. Everything that you have made it, I want you to do these things, and then you got another list that you haven't shared with her. She can do both lists, and you still won't be happy. And your husband can do all those lists, and you still won't be happy. And if you're single, Prince Tarman can come walking in here or come riding into your front yard on a white horse. You still wouldn't be happy. I know what you're thinking. Let's try it. (laughs) I'm sure you're right, but let's let's just see. Let's just... We can't get frustrated with other people for not doing what only God can do. Only God can do that. The scales. Last and final point. I've got four this morning and this is the fourth point. Is people. You know the first thing that Saul saw when he got his sight back? Ananias. When God saw Saul and Saul was having a major problem. Do you know what, God, what tool God used to help Saul? Ananias anytime God looks on the earth and he sees somebody hurting he looks for an Ananias we bought a raft on vacation it's like four dollars it's a raft so the kids could play in the pool and uh, we are leaving and, and my son Luke who's seven wanted to get all the air out of the raft roll it up and put it in the Suitcase and I'm like, Luke, I will buy you another raft. That raft is not going in your suitcase. He got upset, yelled back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So finally, Allie, the better parent, (laughs) says, Luke, why don't you go out to that pool and find some kid your age and give them your raft? Luke wasn't having that. He went back to trying to get it into his suitcase. He goes, just take it out there, give it to somebody, and maybe God will give you a better raft in the future. I'm like, well, hold on, Allie. <laughs> you're talking about God, but I got a feeling it's going to come out of my wallet, so hold on. Man. <laughs> you're like, dear Jesus, give me a raft. I'm like, how big is that raft before we start praying? Have you ever had your kids praying? I know I'm talking to just a portion of you. They start praying for a boat, and you're like. <laughs> so Luke goes out there not happy, and he finds this little girl playing by herself, some girl like seven years old, and he gives her his raft. And she, he goes, I'm leaving, and my mom and dad won't let me take my raft. <laughs> Like, we're the worst parents ever. We call the cops and tell my parents. And uh, gives, gives her the raft. And you know what? She, she looks at him and she goes, oh, thank you so much. Yesterday I had a raft just like this and it got a hole in it. See, Luke for that split second, even though he was kicking against the pricks, was Ananias. Ananias. God saw this little girl who was seven years old who did something to her raft and God cares about seven year old little girls too you know that and he finds a seven year old little boy with a raft that he doesn't need and he sends him over there see he's just looking for people to use and we're just like Luke that's why we laugh because we're all concerned about our own raft. Right? Like when I say, hey, everybody, bring somebody to church on Easter, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just get to the message. I'm going to Mel's and getting a chicken-fried steak or hurry up and preach. it. But hey, bring somebody, find a friend and bring them to church. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. God still looks for Ananias still looks fine and